You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge on News Talk 1290, News Talk 1290KOIL.com, and the News Talk 1290 mobile app. Once again, here's Sean McGuire. You're listening to America's Healthcare Challenge. Thanks so much for your time. Welcome back to the program. This is part three of our ongoing benefit series for the 2017 open enrollment season that is just around the corner for for many individuals and businesses. And we're focusing on the employer marketplace this week with Stuart Sloan, president of SIG Consulting here, joining me on the program. Stuart, welcome back to the show. Uh, We're talking about... um, uh, these differences in um, generational groups within an organization. Um, who are the generational groups in the workplace, and how do they determine employer decision-making from your standpoint? Okay, employers uh, look to attract and retain uh, good quality employees, and over a period of time, as long as they've been in business, they really have a cross-section of these generational groups that we're talking about today, Sean. So the folks that were born 1943 to 1960 are the baby boom generation. Uh, the folks born 1961 to 1981 uh, are the Generation uh, X folks. And those born 1982 to 2002 are, are millennials. Um, boomers, for example, were the children of the World War II greatest generation. Uh, they came home uh, from war, the greatest generation, and they built large organizations such as the United Nations and the World Bank. Uh, never had to care much about, you know, culture. These kids were raised and, uh, and and told to go to big universities and will give you time to ask the big questions in life. Then came the Generation uh, Xers, uh, where the kids, when no one wanted kids, they were there was a decline in fertility. And when the children uh, start arriving, the divorce revolution started accelerating. Generation Xers is one of the least nurtured generations in history. By the time millennials were arriving, people had progressed to a state of, of moral panic over children. Uh, we had the baby on board uh, stickers and minivans. Uh, the child protection gadget industry exploded. Uh, those were those folks. So the baby boomers uh, grew up very nurtured and came in a time of economic prosperity. The Generation uh, Xers uh, grew up during a period of economic stress. And the millennials uh, were the children of hyper-attentive parents who desperately wanted children, uh, constantly praised them for their accomplishments, and encouraged them to achieve and excel. Those are our generation groups, Sean. And interesting... Uh, when you look at the workplace, which is what we're discussing today, millennials, Generation Xers make up 68% of the workplace population. Boomers today, 29%. The silent generation, who are the owners, the original owner generation, uh, 2% of that uh, of that population. So it's a very diverse workplace today. And this just has to have all kinds of different... Um... Uh, different economic impacts on an organization because I just think that there's really, in a lot of places, a generational disconnect. Um, mm-hmm. You know how how should you know how how should an employer uh, be taking these these factors into consideration? Because I'm like you said, it is a diverse wor- workforce, and I, I think understanding these differences is is really important from a managerial standpoint, don't you? Well, 
I think when you look at these workplaces and look at these businesses we're talking about, whether it's small employer or large employer, we have to agree to the fact that these businesses obviously have succeeded over a period of time. And so they've attracted a myriad of different kinds of these generational group folks. They've also had the experience of providing different kinds of plans so they know what the generation groups want and don't want, and they've measured this over a period of time as long as they've been in business. So to give you an example, uh, in today's workplace, there's definite priorities uh, in what types of product types that offer 40% uh, for as far as their base health coverage, have chosen PPO coverage. 24% have high deductible health plans. 17% have point of service plans, and 13% have HMO plans. Obviously, that's a quite different picture, Sean, than the 80s and 90s in the early uh, 2000s when HMOs uh, really uh, predominated the uh, you know the marketplace. Well, yeah. Well, I guess it would make a lot of sense because some people might just have different needs uh, based upon their situation. Maybe somebody mm -hmm. young might not need um, first dollar coverage or, or, or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's um, that's interesting. Do you um, how should an employer really um, I mean, should they uh, be taking taking surveys of their employees or? Um, I think they should look at these generation groups as we've defined them and take a look at the utilization of the benefits that have been provided over a period of time. Hmm. In the large employer marketplace, obviously that experience is available. In the small employer marketplace, under 50 lives, uh, that's just something an employer really has to sense in terms of how their employers, their employees have utilized the benefits they provided. Right, right. And it's it and it it might go beyond just um, insurance products. For example, millennials I, I might be more interested in um, other types of employee benefits, such as they. I, I think that I've everything that I've seen, Stuart, for, from the millennial generation at least, is uh, that they're really concerned about this work-life balance concept. Have you heard much about that? Yeah, you know it's true, but there there are other things that um, you know that are of concern here. Uh, you know, as, as you look at each generation and what's important to them, and we'll get into that, uh, you know, in just a second. Yeah. I think the next part of the topic uh, is extremely important, and we should spend a few minutes on that, Sean. Which, the uh, baby boomers? Yes, the brain drain. Yes, the baby boomer ba brain drain, switching gears to another one of, one of the uh, generational groups in there. Uh, the effect of the baby boomer brain drain, Stuart, uh, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be happy to. According to the Pew Research uh, Center, 10,000 baby boomers are reaching 65 every day. Mm. Uh, and, and so the reality of the boomer brain drain is catching uh, some companies off guard, making the knowledge transfer the major buzzword uh, in today's group planning. Uh, you know, when baby boomers leave, you know, they leave this, this wealth of knowledge and experience behind them. And if that's not tapped uh, so that they, they are uh, utilized as mentors for the younger generation, uh, it's a lost wealth of knowledge. There's a big difference between information and knowledge. Information is what you get from Google. Knowledge uh, is based on experience. That's why companies often fail to, to retain the deeper variety of knowledge once a longtime employee retires. 
they don't think to look for it, and it's not something a person writes in his or her carryover note before racing out the front door from the last you know last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, employees with a large experience base have a system perspective. They can look at something and say, that's going to affect X, Y, and Z down the road. The I, the uh, They have a sense of what interacts with what. That comes with experience. Some of that can be passed on. This is what we're talking about, the, the brain drain. Mm. That, you know, I, I can see that, too. And I, I, I was wondering... Um... You know, what what you were trying to to cover with that, but I I can really see that. And and do you think employers are doing a good enough job of recognizing this challenge? No, I think they're they're getting hit with it between the eye when an, when an employer notifies the HR department that you know he's leaving or making preparations to leave. <clears throat> if the employee can be retained uh, in some fashion, even on a part time basis. Or if it can be a structured leave, in other words, something that will take place maybe over a three- or six-month period of time rather than uh, I'm giving my two weeks' notice after being with you for 30 years. Uh, it's a way to tap into that knowledge so they can be used as mentors for the younger generation. It's very difficult uh, you know, to replace that kind of knowledge suddenly. And I think they're getting caught with their pants down by well, not realizing this major problem to their firm. Well, it's almost like they should, yeah, they should really get on it on the uh, on the front end and be putting these people that are in that generational gap, uh, perhaps in touch with some of some of the people that that are going to be around there longer to start transferring yeah, some mentors. of that knowledge. Yes, as mentors, because again, as as we're indicating here, Sean, as the as the generation Xers, which is the next generation to move into management, steps up, you would hope that they can tap some of this huge knowledge base from the baby boomers before you know it's a gone resource exactly exactly that that is um a, a fantastic observation Stuart. we're up against a break here in about 30 seconds um any other points on 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 um on this topic before we switch gears next segment yeah just quickly uh employers should really look at the people that have been with them for a very long time Look at it. Look at them from an age perspective. Those in their late fifties, early sixties, uh, those that potentially would would opt for early retirement. See if they can utilize them before they're at the front door. That's right. that's my point here. Great, great. Uh, wonderful words of wisdom from Stuart Sloan, president of Sig Consulting. Uh, we're talking uh, about generational differences uh, within your workforce. This is uh, part three of our ongoing series to help you make the uh, difficult. Uh, economic and personal decisions for you and your uh, your health insurance and employee benefits coming up here in a rocky 2017 more with Stuart Sloan and when we come back here on America's Healthcare Challenge we're going to get a little bit more into what some of these groups want specifically and attitudes that are most noticeable between generational groups I'm looking forward to that one because I tell you what when I'm in my executive club sitting around all the time all I hear is people whining about millennials so i'm interested to hear what other attitudes are out there for content with an attitude check out our facebook page.com slash america's healthcare challenge that has my commentary on all of these things and we'll be right back 